0: Come on, let's thank God. Let's thank God today for Minister Brian Courtney Wilson, how God used him today in such a powerful way to encourage our hearts, to give us the uh, faith, the fortitude to run on just a little while longer. Man, I thank God for that brother, and I thank God for him allowing God to use him in such a powerful, powerful way. Let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time today father thank you for your word thank you for your word that was expressed in song by our psalmist today thank you for your word that is about to go forth through your servant and i pray now that you would hide me behind your cross so that your people will see jesus let them see the lord today god and in seeing him that someone who needs him might believe, and someone who knows him might grow in their faith in the Lord. I ask you to bless now, Lord, please, as you see fit. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I've got a question for you today. Is peace really possible today? I mean, think about it for a moment. In the midst of all that's going on, Uh, In the midst of fear and apprehension, Um, I've heard people who have gotten the vaccine concerned that they won't get their second vaccine. I've heard people who haven't gotten a vaccine concerned that they will not get their first vaccine in a timely manner. Uh, We're still having economic crisis and problems and troubles in our country. We're still dealing with racism and racial injustice in our country. Uh, Will we ever get to a place where we can have peace? Now, for somebody that's listening today, uh, you you would be able to testify that uh, peace has been almost a foreign concept since COVID-19 got started. But let's be honest, for some of you, peace was gone long before COVID showed up. As a matter of fact, COVID-19 has done a little more than exasperated that lack of peace, that anxiety, that stress that you were already dealing with in life. And I know for some of you, you're saying, you know what, man, I'm done with that especially if you are a committed Christ follower. You're probably thinking to yourself, man, look, I'm I'm done with this. I'm I'm, I'm done with the stress. I'm done with the anxiety. I'm I'm done with living in fear and and living in worry. I am done with that. Now, you may be asking, what is the antidote? What what, What is the antidote for fear for anxiety what what is the antidote for uh, a lack of peace and the key to finding peace in your life is trust trust is the key to finding your way to the place of peace no matter what problems are going on in your life today i want to continue our series don't worry Trust God. And I want to thank all of you who have been uh, calling and contacting me from near and from far, who have been letting me know how much the messages have been a blessing to you, to the grays, to the butlers, to, to, to people all over the country who have called and said, man, pastor, you don't know how these messages have blessed us since the first of the year. Today, I want to talk to you from the thought, how to find peace in the midst of your problems. How to find peace in the midst of your problems. And our foundational text today is Mark chapter four, beginning at verse 35. It's a very familiar passage of scripture. It's, it's, it's one that uh, God has used throughout the years to encourage me and to bless me, and, and the Lord put it on my heart to share it with you in this series to encourage and bless you as well. How to find peace in the midst of your problems. Here's the first thing I want you to see if you're going to find peace in the midst of your problems. Number one, you need to realize storms will find you even when you're not looking for them. Storms will find you. Storms in life will find you even when you're not looking for them. Look at Mark chapter 4, beginning at verse 35. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. It was the evening of the same day that Jesus had all day ministered to a crowd. The crowd was so large, they pressed upon them so much. If you look at Mark chapter 4, verse 1, Jesus had to make his way offshore in a boat and created, in essence, a floating pulpit from which to teach the multitudes. Uh, After he had concluded his teaching all day, teaching and ministering to the multitudes, the Bible says he gives his disciples some instructions. Uh, he tells his disciples to, to let's go to the other side. Now, now here's what's interesting about that. Uh, it, it's as if it was a trip of necessity, but not necessarily a trip that was planned. And the reason I say that... Is because there's a phrase here in verse 36. The text says, they took him even as he was. They took him even as he was. No preparation. Uh, There were uh, no preparations. There there was no clothing. Uh, There was no notifying of the family. There, There was no, hey, we're going over here. No, he just said, let's go to the other shore. And the disciples did. What the master told them to do. One of the things that I want to say just as a side note is always remember you can find yourself in a storm even when you obey God. Many times in life we think if we are obeying God, if we are faithful to God, that somehow that gives us an exemption from challenging times in life. But these disciples did exactly what the Lord told them to do, and they found themselves in a storm. They took Jesus just as he was, and a storm arose. This was an unpredicted kind of storm. And while storms are the norm on the Sea of Galilee, on the Lake of Gennesaret, the same body of water, what's interesting is they come unannounced in other words they're not like hurricanes or storms that are detected by a uh, doppler radar where we can go and we can uh, get ready for a coming storm we can go and stock up on water and and toilet paper and food canned goods and and non-perishable items so that we can ride out the storm. No, this storm showed up all of a sudden. And somebody that's listening right now, listen to me carefully. Storms can show up for a variety of reasons and from a variety of places. Sometimes storms show up because of our own self-imposed stupidity and stubbornness. Sometimes storms can show up because they are satanically devised to bring about our downfall and destruction. Sometimes storms are sovereignly set up for our development. But whatever the reason behind it, storms can come. And like the disciples, you have to recognize that sometimes you will just find yourself in a storm, not because you were looking for the storm, but because the storm found you. Here's the second thing I want you to see. Number two, you need to realize you can experience rest and peace even in a great storm. Number two, you can find rest and peace even in a great storm. Verse 37 and a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on the cushion, and they woke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? There's so much in this passage, but but let me just stay focused on, on what I, I want you to get today. Uh, Jesus... And his disciples are on the boat. They are crossing over to the other side. And notice what the text says. The text says in verse 37 a great windstorm arose. A great windstorm. Uh, gusts of wind slamming into everything standing in the path of the wind's force. Uh, heavy drops of rain. Violent storms are coming. This was the a Greek equivalent of a hurricane. Uh, This was a mighty storm. Now all of you have seen, if not experienced firsthand, coming storms. I I can remember sitting in my house when uh, Hurricane Harvey came through. I can remember back further than that when Hurricane Ike came through. And I can remember uh, the fear and trepidation of knowing the storm was coming and how the storm acted after it arrived. I I can remember uh, the wind blowing and and howling and, and whistling through the houses and buildings, finding every little exposed nook and cranny, and it was as if that storm was singing a song as it was going through, and we had storm winds up to 125, up to 130 miles an hour, and you can see objects Flying around. This, this, this is the kind of storm that Jesus and his disciples found themselves in. They were, they were in a hurricane-like storm. And these disciples, you got to remember, were fishermen, so this wouldn't have been the first storm that they found themselves in. I mean, they, they were experienced. They would know, hey, here comes a storm. This is what we need to do to, to manage this. But it was as if everything that they tried failed. And then watch what the text says. The boat was filling with water. Now, it doesn't say the boat was sinking. It says the boat was filling with water, which would be the natural byproduct of a boat being filled with water. They go to Jesus and they say, "Um, Master, don't you care that we plural pronoun are about to perish not we us instead of you but don't you care that all of us are about to perish how can you be back here asleep how can you be back here silent when we are all about to perish I I would imagine in their minds they thought the storm that they were in would have awakened Jesus so here they go to wake up the master Can I ask you a question? How many of you have had that conversation with God? And if you haven't had it, maybe you wanted to have it with God. Storm is raging all around you. You're going through your storm, whether it's a financial storm, uh, a personal storm, a family storm, a vocational storm on your job, whatever the storm is. You're going through a storm, and it's as if God has been silent. You haven't heard anything from God. You haven't seen a path of deliverance from God. And you're saying to God, God, don't you care that I'm about to perish? Here's what I need you to remember. Don't confuse your discomfort with destruction. Don't confuse your development with destruction. See, I need you to know that, that just because you are in that storm situation right now, and, and like I said before, my brothers and sisters, listen, we may see COVID-19 as a big storm. We see vaccinations or the lack thereof as a big storm. We may see economic crisis as a big storm. We see racial injustice as a big storm. But there's somebody who's watching right now. You're going through your own storms that the nightly news doesn't cover. Nobody from a newspaper is going to interview you about your mental health and your spiritual well-being. You're going through your own storm and you're saying, God. Where are you? I can't hear you. God, I don't see you. What are you doing? And and God wants you to know that you can experience peace in the midst of your storm. See, when everything around you is going wrong, know that God can make it right. Somebody tweet that, if you will. When everything around you is going wrong, know that God can make it right. Here's the third and final thing. Number three, you need to realize your storms will reveal to you who the Lord is. You need to realize your storms will reveal to you who the Lord is. Verse 38, Mark chapter 4. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now, I told you they were seasoned fishermen. This is not going to be the first storm that they were ever caught in. But but this storm was different. This storm got their attention. And their concern was, we're about to go under, Jesus how can you be sleeping when we're all about to die? That's basically what they said. And notice what the what the master does. The text says he he got up. He he was awakened. He he woke up. He rebuked the wind verse 39 and spoke to the sea. He got up. He rebuked the wind and spoke to the sea and said peace be still and the bible says the wind ceased verse 39 and there was a great calm that that phrase peace be still uh literally means be muzzled uh shut your mouth hold your peace you, you have nothing else to say the one who could rule the winds and the waves announced to the wind and the wave, to shut your mouth. Somebody will hear me right now because you ought to be asking God, speak to my situation, Lord. Speak to my situation. Speak to my situation. He gets up. But but watch the shift because this is important here. He speaks to the wind and the wave and the wind and the waves obey Jesus. But he turns from the wind and the waves and speaks to the disciples. Watch what he says. Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? I want you to hear that. Have you still no faith? Now in in Matthew chapter 14 verse 31 when he is speaking to Peter, who is walking on the water. You remember Peter takes his eyes off of Jesus and he sees the wind boisterous and the Bible says he begins to sink and, and, and the Lord stretches out his hand and catches Peter and says to Peter, oh you of little faith, why did you doubt? There he proclaims that Peter had little faith. But here in Mark chapter four, Jesus says to his disciples, Have you still no faith? And I want to ask somebody today, have you still no faith? Where is your faith in God? Where is your faith? Where is your faith? He looks at the disciples and says, wait a minute, you still have no faith? Have I not been with you long enough? Have I not said enough to you? Have I not done enough in front of you for you to have some faith? Somebody said, wait a minute, faith in what? Look at A. You must remember what the Lord said before the storm came. You must remember what the Lord said before the storm came. Verse 35, Mark chapter 4, check it out. On that day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. There is the promise that Jesus made. Jesus said, let us go across to the other side. And that word of promise should have been the peace that they needed even in the midst of the storm. Because if Jesus uses that plural pronoun, us, and he says, let us go across to the other side, then guess what, we gonna make it. Now, somebody may say, well, wait a minute, what about the storm? Jesus never promised the storm wouldn't come. All he said was, let us go to the other side. Some stuff may not make it. Storms may arise, but that's not going to stop God's itinerary to get you where he wants to be. Boy, I wish I had somebody who would give me a hallelujah right now in the chat. You need to recognize that what God has started, he will finish, but you've got to trust what God said. You've got to remember what God said when the storm wasn't raging. You heard me say it before. Let me say it again. Never doubt in the dark what God told you in the light. Stay faithful to the course that God has put you on. And if you say God said it, then believe it and live by it. Look at 1 John chapter 5 beginning at verse 4. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. Come on, everybody say overcomer. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is that who overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? The one who has faith who believes that Jesus is the Son of God, the one who accepts Jesus Christ as their Savior. You have overcoming faith. Boy, if somebody's in a room with you, tell them you're an overcomer. You're an overcomer. You're an overcomer. You, You have overcoming faith. And if your faith has overcome the death, eternal death, associated with bondage, then your faith surely can overcome a temporary storm that's in your midst. Somebody said, what do you mean temporary? Because the storm had a start and it's going to have a finish. It's going to end eventually. And God says, you've got to have faith. You've got to have faith. But watch this. Not only do you need to remember what the Lord said. Look at B. You must remember what the Lord did before the storm came you need to remember what the Lord said, but secondly, B, you need to remember what the Lord did. Now watch this, the storm came in Mark chapter four. Storm came in Mark chapter four. But listen to what happened before that made Jesus say, how is it that you still have no faith? Mark chapter one, Jesus cast out an evil spirit, heals many sick people, and delivers those who were demon-possessed. That's Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 2, Jesus heals a paralyzed man. That's Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 3, Jesus heals a man with a withered hand. So in Mark chapter 1, Mark chapter 2, and Mark chapter 3, we see the miracle, wonder-working power of God. And we get to Mark chapter 4, and here comes the storm. And Jesus says, how is it you still have no faith? See, when they come to Jesus and say, Master, don't you care that we are perishing? The declaration that they were perishing means they didn't hear what the Lord said and they didn't recognize who he was. Because they didn't remember what he had done and realize that miracle working power on the land can also show up on the sea. So, so, so watch what, what happens. They say, Lord, don't you care that we're perishing? Let me tell you something. They didn't appreciate the miracles that were done in Mark 1, 2, and 3. Because they were not the beneficiaries of the miracle. Let me put a cord in the meter and park here for a second because I need to help somebody. See, see, many times we don't appreciate the miracles that God does on a daily basis because they're not our miracles. It's when the Lord does a miracle on our behalf that he gets our attention. And sometimes even our attention is short-lived. Our attention span is extremely short. Here's what I need you to do. Think back over your life. Realize this is not the first time you needed God to show up on your behalf. This is not the first time you needed God to walk you through a stormy situation. This is not the first time you needed God to help you stay in your right mind while everything around you was telling you to lose your mind. This is not the first time God has made a way out of no way. This is not the first time God has kept you. This is not the first time God has blessed you. You've got to remember what the Lord has done in your yesterday to find peace in what you need done in your todays. Somebody listening right now, the truth of the matter is you will not see the Lord for who he is until you see God do the miracle that you need him to do. And I submit to you that the miracle you need him to do has already been backed up by miracles that he has already done. You, you say to God, you say to God, God, what, what are you doing? God says, haven't I done enough for you already? Haven't I shown you enough in your past for you to trust me in your present? You might be looking at God saying, God, look at what's going on around me. And God says, I see what's going on around you, but you're missing something. I'm not worried about what's going on around you. You focus on who is with you. God says, remember what I've said and remember what I've done. I've got to hurry to a close, but let me just get to Mark verse, verse 41, Mark chapter 4. I'm going to have to finish this next week, but let me get to Mark chapter 4, verse, verse 41. And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? What, what, what a marvelous question to ask. The King James says, what manner of man is this? That even the wind and the waves obey him. It's almost like the question that that sets up the purpose statement for the storm in the first place. You, You need to realize who the Lord is. Since you've been focusing on yourself, In this stormy situation, and what you can't do, you've been focusing on other people who are in the same boat with you because they have to deal with the storm in their own right. He says, you've got to start focusing on the only one who can speak to a storm, who can muzzle a storm and say, peace be still. Let me just give you three things. Write this down somewhere that the storm did. First, the storm demonstrated the power of Jesus if they didn't believe before in all the miracles that he had done in Mark chapter one, Mark chapter two, and Mark chapter three, Jesus said, let me do something for you so you can see it for yourself. So you can see how powerful I really am. Second thing going through the storm, strengthen the faith of the disciples, Strengthened the faith of the disciples. Remember what Jesus says. How is it that you still have no faith? You should have picked up some faith off for of somebody else's miracles. Just by seeing what I did and hearing what I said, you should recognize and have faith in my ability to bring to pass what I said, even if I don't bring it to pass the way you think I should. Third thing that we get is a picture of the care, the concern, and the power of Jesus. That he has the power and he has the authority to speak to every situation we find ourselves in. Matthew 28, verse 18, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 2 Corinthians 1, beginning at verse 3, the New Living Translation says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through through Christ. 2 Timothy 4.18, Yes, and the Lord will deliver me from every evil attack, and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. Somebody today, I need you to learn. Learn that peace is possible no matter what's going on in your life. Your circumstances should never determine your level of peace. Secondly, you need to realize your storms will ultimately reveal how much you trust God. This storm, if it's done nothing else, this pandemic, if it's done nothing else, the upheaval in our country, if it's done nothing else, it should have shown you how much you trust God. Can I tell you something about storms and tough times, trials and tribulations? You need to realize trusting God and having peace is more about changing you than it is about changing your situation. Let me say it again. Trusting God and having peace in your life is more about changing you than it is about changing your situation. That's why the Lord says, I can give you peace in the midst of a storm, I can give you peace despite the storm. I can give you peace before you go in and when you come out. Because peace with God and the peace of God is independent of what's going on around you. But for somebody else, here's what this storm is revealing to you, how much you need to grow in the Lord. Do you need to grow closer to him? somebody, maybe that's what God is just trying to show you, that that you haven't arrived, that you're not all you thought you were. You thought you were this super Christian and and you had it all together, but man, times have gotten hard and the storms have gotten tough. And just like the fishermen, disciples needed help in their storm on the place where they made made a living, God sometimes will show you who he is by showing you who you're not. My brothers and sisters, I'm praying for you, that you would find a way to trust God, to trust God and have peace in the midst of your problems. Now, listen to me carefully. You can go to our website, go to our app. Uh, You can download not only the outline of this message, but you can also download questions, questions to consider. They are life group questions, but you can use those questions personally, And they're really designed to help you reflect on the passage that has been preached. I write them. I put them together for you so that you can focus on how to apply this word into your life. All right? Let's go to God in prayer. Father, thank you for today. And I pray now that you will bless as your word has gone forth. I pray that somebody who may find themselves in a stormy situation would would be able to utter the words of that that old hymn, Yield Not to Temptation. The refrain says, ask the Savior to help you. Comfort, strengthen, and keep you. He is willing to aid you. He will carry you through. And I pray, God, that somebody who needs to be carried through that you would help them to put their trust and their faith in you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you're watching today and you've never asked the Lord Jesus Christ into your life, I want to give you an opportunity to know the Lord. And if you're watching and you say, I want to be a Christian, but how can I do that? You can click on the link on the button on our website or on our church app, and I will lead you through via video how to ask the Lord Jesus Christ into your life how to make sure if you need assurance of your salvation maybe you're at a place now maybe the devil has you at a place where you're questioning or doubting your salvation I want you to know beyond any shadow of a doubt that you were saved that you've been washed in the blood sealed by his spirit and kept by his love so I want to encourage you if you will to click on that button if you're looking for a church home and you believe good hope is a place for you to be uh, click on the button uh, i want to join church uh, we have set up our ministry now to be able to disciple on the digital platform and we're adding more things every month to help you in your walk with god because those of you who cannot go back to church in the midst of this surge within a surge within a surge Um, It's clear to me that we won't get back to church as it used to be in 2021. And we will be well into 2022 by the time uh, we we think we can get a handle on COVID-19 and everything that's going on. But here's what I'm so excited about. God is giving us the opportunity, the technology, and the will to disciple you on the digital platform to use the tools that we have to help you become all that God wants you to be. So I want to encourage you if you're looking for a church home for this season of your life. I'm not saying it's a lifetime commitment. I'm saying for this season of your journey, connect with us and let us pray with you and pray for you, encourage you and help you in your walk with God. I want to thank all of our volunteers who have been with us and shared with us uh, on the brick and mortar side uh, who are making our local ministry as impactful as it is the uh, hundreds of families the thousands of people that we are feeding every week addressing food insecurities that are as real now as they have ever been um, our partnerships with health organizations in testing people for COVID-19 and we are also now working on a partnership to distribute the vaccine there's still challenges with distributing the vaccines and we believe that more is better so we're volunteering now and and having conversations with health organizations to see what we can do to be part of the solution in getting vaccines out to our community specifically especially those who don't have cars, those who don't have primary care physicians. Two and a half million people in the state of Texas are uninsured or underinsured. What can we do to make sure that we help them? Besides just raise our voice in protest, we want to make sure that our ministry is productive in assisting those people as well. All right? Listen, I want to thank Brian Courtney Wilson for being with us on today and he promised he's going to come back and be with us again. So I'm thankful and grateful for him and his friendship with myself and my wife and his consenting to come and share with us to bless all of you who are part of the I Hope Church family. Remember, God is doing something wonderful in you. God is doing something wonderful in me. And uh, sometimes it's not always pleasant. Sometimes it is not always uh, at the place where it feels good. But here's what I want you to know. Kind of like your grandmama's medicine. It may not taste good to you, but it's always good for you. All right? God bless you, and God be with you. Until next time.